I'm Will. And I'm Luke. And this is Will and Luke Discuss. A vodcast. And podcast. Where we discuss content related to psychology, personal growth, self-development, and well-being. This This episode, episode, we're discussing... On Confidence, which is written by um, Alain de Bouton, who runs the School of Life, which is an organisation that promotes self-development. It takes on a lot of um, stoic ideas and um, different philosophies but um the reason i wanted to cover this book is because i signed up for a class in melbourne about two years ago and it was called how to be confident and it was an afternoon class at their office in melbourne and it was a really cool afternoon there was like 20 people in the room they gave you like you know there's like some nice herbal teas there's a teacher at the front it was just like a really beautiful calm setting and this guy just ran through a bit of a a mini syllabus talking about some key ideas on how to be confident. And as a result of that, um, in the bookshop, I bought their little book um, on confidence, which is a, yeah, like a 95 page book that was, um, yeah, I guess cemented those ideas and something I could hold on to. And we were also given a a notebook as well. We can make some notes in. So I guess these are some ideas that were really, um, yeah, I I guess have stuck with me, but I'm really excited to revisit them again for sure nice. um, so that's the story behind you recommending this book to me then exactly yeah and i thought in terms of the order of um the podcast we're doing it flowed on quite nicely from the six pillars of self-esteem i think yeah. there was quite a lot of links between this and you know aspects of you know self-assertion self-respect um and a lot of the ideas seem to in my mind anyway overlap yeah, I saw that. I also saw a lot of overlap with um, like fixed mindset and growth mindset. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In particular to um, comparing yourself to other people. I yeah, think that yeah. Was a, uh, that came up strongly. I, I wouldn't mind just starting off. Um, I know I gave a bit of an introduction as to how I came across the book, but yeah. I guess I just want to give a bit of an idea about like why I wanted to go to this this course. Go for it. Um, so for me, I guess it confidence is something that I felt I, I don't have in all situations in my life. And I, I realized that over a man of time that I maybe had picked up some, uh, you know, fake confidence in certain areas, you know, there's, um, the part of me that's quite, you know, daring and bold and wants to try new situations and wants to make the most out of life. But then there's also, there's also the part of me that, um, I guess tends to shut down and becomes quite quiet and modest when I feel, um, maybe intimidated or nervous or fearful, yeah. um, particularly in new work situations, particularly in dating situations. Um, and it, yeah, I, I guess just throughout my life, I've, I've found myself shutting down and becoming very nervous, shy and unconfident. So um, that's why I wanted to get into That's why you chose course. that course, yeah. That's why I chose this course in particular, amongst a few other ones that I've been to. It's interesting what you said about like, uh, you called it like fake confidence, the, the, the areas in which you kind of maybe do put yourself out there. And I guess yeah. an outsider would probably just view that as confidence. And, um, and there would be also some people, some personalities where like that would be too overwhelming. Like, I don't know, going to a country to live <laughs> like away from your, uh, where you grew up, for example, like that, it makes me wonder what the, what, how we sort of define confidence. Cause surely that does take a level of confidence to do that. Right. 
and to call it fake? Uh, what, what? Mm. Well, what, what I reckon it is, is from looking at this book, he, he, I guess he unpacks different, different aspects of confidence. And I guess one main um, thing that brought up for me is that, yes, I am confident, particularly in the area of, um, you know, wanting to make the most out of life and not wanting to miss opportunities and living a life in which I look back and wished I was more confident. I feel confident in making big, bold decisions, but where I'm less confident is that in maybe the more micro moments when I'm feeling that maybe I need to impress people, that I'm worried that my self-image is going to be um, tainted in any way, or I guess any situation where I have to kind of exert myself and put myself on show. I don't have the same level of confidence in those areas as I do with, for example, moving countries to go and live somewhere, mm. going and doing funny, crazy holidays with you, or um, I guess just picking daring workplaces to go work in. So I, I suppose it's not a, I haven't like faked confidence in maybe my decisions, but it, sometimes in the way I can present myself, it may come across that I'm a lot more confident than I am. What do you think the difference is between those things that you kind of would come under a relevant, an umbrella of someone who looks like they have high confidence and the ones you said where you feel more quiet or reserved? I think it's more how much I'm how much I value or am intimidated by the other person I'm talking to. So um, I, I maybe have a, a, you know, I guess when I'm making like a big decision to live in a different country, I'm yeah. not necessarily comparing myself to other people. I'm doing that because I want to do it. And that's yeah. important to me. Whereas with, um, you know, those more micro moments I'm talking about, it's often I'm feeling that I'm overestimating other people's, confidence in themselves i presume them to yeah. be um more knowledgeable more um i don't know maybe better looking yeah um just a better person in general that that's where my confidence tends to dwindle so i think that's the distinction i'm trying to make here is that when yeah, yeah. another person's involved and my um i guess my self-esteem feels kind of exposed or on edge that's yeah. the moments where it's um difficult yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I um, I didn't find so I really enjoyed the book. I found it really very funny, and I loved the areas it went into. But I didn't find like it necessarily kicked off with a a clear definition of what we're talking about. And yeah. so, so I did a little bit of digging, and yeah, confidence comes from like the Latin root of meaning like trust. And initially, it wasn't about yourself, but like, um. You know, I might say, oh, I have confidence in Will. Like, I have confidence that so-and-so will be there. And yeah. you might, um, you know, if it's, let's say you've got, like, um, a friend who um, every time you make an arrangement, an appointment, like, they're just there. And then you've got someone who's flaking out all the time, who's backing out last minute. Like, you would have, when you arrange something with either one, you'd have more confidence in the other, you see, because yeah. you've got that trust. And then it kind of evolved into uh, like secrets. So like, I'm telling you this in confidence. Like, I trust right. you. Right, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm confiding in you. And then, and then it like evolved into a, a self thing where like, I trust myself. I, I trust myself with my own 
capacity and my own mm. secrets. So I found that quite interesting digging into Interesting. That. Do you think, did that um, development occur, I suppose, as we became a more individualistic culture as opposed to a more tribal one? Or is that something that evolved in a shorter period of time than that? I, I couldn't say. It's just yeah. development of language. I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thought though, isn't it? Because I guess a, a big takeaway from this meeting I had was they they talk about in the end around, you know, what, you know, kind of that, that self-love and those affirmations you can yeah. give to yourself to, um, I guess, trust yourself and, and your level of confidence. And one thing I wrote down in my little notebook that they give me is that um, to remind myself that I do trust my decisions and I do yeah. do what's, I'll make choices that are best for me at that moment in time. And I think that's definitely something that's been, that gets lost along the way and particularly in terms of my confidence when I'm not trusting my decisions or I'm feeling indecisive or I'm not sure what how to put myself forward that's when confidence can feel um lacking for me so it's interesting you pointed out that it 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 went from you know trusting other people to Mm. trusting your trusting yourself yeah and I wonder if the same mechanisms at play you know I, I use that quick example of like a friend you've got a history of them always being there for example Mm. um it reminds me of the six pillars the kind of um if you constantly do what you tell yourself you're going to do you can like build confidence and build trust in yourself the way you would build trust in any other relationship um Mm. i wonder if that is a mechanism of why we do or do not have less confidence at least, you know, in adulthood, as as it kind of twos and throws, I feel like our confidence increases the more we commit to our own um, goals and decisions and what we know is good for us. Well, I think a big a big part of aging I've I've noticed with um, I suppose myself and other people, I, I always heard it from um, people down the pub in Montacute growing up. They're like, oh, you know, when you hit my age, you stop worrying what other people think and you just yeah. do what you want to do. Um, it's um, it's an interesting thought to think how that relates to confidence, like a genuine sense of confidence. Is yeah. that around not worrying what other people think of you? Or, or is it just maybe letting go of the notion that other people's opinions affect your sense of self and your ability to put yourself out there because if you're constantly yeah. worrying about what other people think yeah and their opinion and you're putting your well-being entirely in the hands of what people say think or do about you yeah well i think they mentioned it he mentioned it in this book that that's that's not a good foundation to build your confidence from it starts no no knowing what you want and maybe holding other people's opinions lightly in particular um when he talks about what criticism means yeah that's something that stood out for me in the book that um no doesn't mean like you're a bad person or you're not okay yeah no simply means that you just don't fit into someone else's plans you're like at that point in time you're not what was the what the other person had in mind and and that's okay and if we can learn to Mm. hold that a bit lighter we may Mm. be able to build a bit more confidence in ourselves and our decisions yeah, it reminds me of uh, that. It, this, uh, there's this Fritz Perls poem. Um, I brought it up now realizing I, I wouldn't be able to recite it. But uh, <laughs> it's very along that similar line of like, um, I, I'm just going to find it. Um, 
right. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of the author? Fitz. Fritz Perls. He's um, like a gestalt. He founded like gestalt therapy. Okay. Um, yeah. So it reads, uh, I do my thing and you do your thing. I am not in this world to live up to your expectations and you are not in this world to live up to mine. You are you and I am I. And if by chance we find each other, it's beautiful. If not, it can't be helped. Mm, that, that's, yeah, thank you for finding that so quickly. I think that's really, uh, that's, that really ties into what we're saying. Um, something that stood out for me in relation to that is, um, I, I wrote this down in my notes as well, is uh, like the internal drive to look good prevents me from being spontaneous, experimenting and exploring. Yeah. So, and how, how that relates to confidence is that, and kind of back to what you're, what you just um, read there is that if you're worried about what other people are thinking or you're taking their opinions into account too much, that can stop you from making bolder yeah. decisions, experimenting, living life to the fullest and exploring. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what, what he says there is that it's, it, it can lead to people looking back later in life, wishing that they'd done more things for themselves and taken bigger chances and, you know, ask that person out on a date or ask for directions yeah. from that person in the street rather than looking back and wondering all these things they could have done, all the things they've missed out on. He's saying yeah. that like confidence is the, the action of that will to explore and do things differently. Like you can have all the yeah. intentions, but, action uh you know confidence is a skill and a practice in which we we share those intentions with the world yeah yeah oh uh, that's yeah that that's that's the part that reminded me of mindset where it's like action is a sorry confidence is a skill not like just a a trait or a temperament it's not just like oh well, i can't do that because i'm not confident like your com your confident is something you can build on over time that leads, um, that leads me to think about how often what he says is that often we can look at other people as being yeah. more confident than us and we don't see it as a skill. We just see it as a natural trait yeah, that yeah, they've yeah. got and that they just hold that and yet totally ties into that fixed mindset of either you've got it or you don't or, you know, and it can't be learned over time. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm curious what you think about the part he says um befriending the inner idiot and realizing that we're all i guess um would it be like fallible and we're all idiots and we all make mistakes and even the the best of people we look up yeah. to and um even they make mistakes too um i'll just add before you answer um in the in the class i went to there was this one guy who at the feedback at the end he's like oh you know like i really enjoyed the class but um there's no way I'm ever going to consider myself an idiot because I just don't, he basically just didn't agree with the concept yeah, of yeah. considering yourself as an idiot. But I guess their point is that can we hold our, um, our mistakes and our, our nature a little lighter yeah. and those of other people in order just to kind of be freer and exert a bit more confidence. So, yeah. um, Sorry, but yeah, that's my thoughts. No, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there was, yeah, the the chap. Th these two chapters are like back to back, where it was like, um, firstly, confident, 
isn't um, like attaining some level of like worth and skill. It's not like, oh, I'll be confident when, <laughs> once I'm a fucking better human being because I'm a bit of a piece of shit right now. It's like, yeah, I'll be, yeah, yeah. like confidence is accepting your flaws like and being okay that yeah i make mistakes i'm uh, and i'm fallible and i do stupid things and um you know i i, I what was the quote he had michelle de montaigne i think it was like uh or kings philosophers and even ladies shit too <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's kind of it's like some... uh not 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 only so there's this like two-way street of recognizing your own fallibilities and that that's okay and recognizing that you you only see yourself from the inside and you only see other people yeah. from the outside. Yeah. And especially those people that seem like they're in some sort of authority, like obviously he chose a kings, philosophers and ladies, but like anyone that you kind of look up to in some way, it's so much harder to think what their flaws might be especially when we sort of deify them like um celebrities and yeah authority figures in general and just recognizing that they're just as flawed as well and they have their own worries and they have odd fantasies as well like it's fine <laughs> we're all human we all have yeah it. it's come it's um it, it was something i initially didn't get I didn't kind of lock in with that idea. I was a bit like the other guy in the class, but the more I've come to realize it, I've, I've found that that's actually quite a, a helpful thing. Just, just to remember that, you know, that I don't need to be perfect and other people aren't perfect either. And I think that there's yeah. something, you know, came up to me is that, you know, if I'm driving to be perfect all the time and, you know, that, that, that can lead to an underconfidence because I'm putting, I'm putting too much of my action in trying to present myself as someone who's strong and has no flaws. Yeah. Whereas when those flaws are exposed, it kind of hits me twice as hard. I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, you know, I was, I was seen for my flaws. Whereas if you accept your flaws and understand them when they're pointed out or they're mirrored back at you, it's like, oh, I, I already knew that. So it can't hurt me that much. Yeah. 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 I uh, I just had this memory. Um, um, I was on this walking group, and there was this. Uh, we as was with a yeah, a couple of people, um, kind of as a side group. We were just chatting, and one of the girls was on about like needing a wee and how it's unfair that the guy could just pop off into the bush and they have to wait till like <laughs> five miles later <laughs> till we reach the pub or whatever. And I said something like, I oh, could have brought a sheepy out with you. And um, <laughs> someone, someone didn't know what a sheepy was or like they thought they did, but they didn't. And as it, it became apparent, like she was, she said something like, ah, oh, like that sounds awful. It sounds so uncomfortable. And then one of the other girls is like, why? It's, it's, it's odd, but it's fine. And she's like, well, putting something up there like that. And she was like, what do you think a sheep is? <laughs> and she was like, isn't it like one of them little straws you get with WD-40 where you can like... <laughs> and, uh, and like everyone started like pissing themselves with laughter. And, um, and then someone explained to her, no, it's just like a funnel you hold <laughs> to, to wee through. And, I, and she like, she found it so funny as well, the person who like thought yeah. it was something else. 
And the way she took it, I was just thinking like, if I, if I probably said something like that and got something so wrong, I would feel a lot more uncomfortable than she's seeming. Like she seems yeah. so like she's laughing at herself. Like this is hilarious. Yeah. And not taking it personally at all. And I, I, yeah, I remember like really noticing and admiring that at the time. And I thought yeah, really that's a nice that. example of um, just <laughs> accepting your mistakes and flaws and it's fine. We're all human. <laughs> yeah. I think we, we are drawn to people who are able to, um, you know, t- take the piss out of themselves. And he talks about in the book yeah. around like ha- how comedians hold that space for us a lot of the time that they're able to kind of point out their flaws kind of on our behalf. That's why we relate so well to comedians because they're able to kind of you know, hit somewhere inside of us. Like they're pointing at themselves and yeah. we kind of, we can relate to that. Um, I think there's a yeah. line between yeah. like taking yourself lightly and um, uh, some people you can cross this border into, you know, you talked about kind of fake confidence or what Nathaniel Brandon called like pseudo self-esteem that can come across and is like a defense. It's like, well, if I present, if I present myself such that other people's opinions of me um, are the way I want them to be, then that's a way of protecting myself. But uh, the opposite end of the spectrum of protection is to get there first. So point out what a piece of shit you are, point out all your flaws and like, tell everyone that first and then they can't hit you with it before you do. But I think exactly, that yeah. that can also be a defense of underconfidence as well. So like there's that middle ground of like, I guess it's, um, what's the word? Uh, con- congruence, just being who you are and that's okay. And um, letting your inner life express itself, flaws and all. Yeah. I'm thinking like how, Something I'm reflecting on is that, like, I don't, I don't take life too seriously. You know, the events of life, and um, get too hung up about. You know, um, you know, if, if we gone when we went on like holidays when we were younger, and if things didn't quite go the way we wanted them to go, or they like, I know we just got lost or whatever. Like, I'd never take that too seriously, or I don't really take the news too seriously, or you know, there's a lot of things that I just hold quite lightly. But I've, I'm just thinking that I don't really do that for myself. I'm probably a bit more, a bit too serious about myself and oh, yeah. you know how I'm doing and um, what's going on for me. I wonder. Do you know what I'm talking about? About how like I'm, I think we're on the same I, page I, around I, I, not taking things too yeah. seriously. But um, personally, I take I think I can take myself too seriously at times. I think I know what you mean. Like there's uh, the difference between the external and the internal and like yeah. taking the externals lightly, but the internals more seriously. But uh, are you able to expand on like an example or something? Hmm. I guess just, I suppose at times, I, I can just give a couple of examples where I've been at a, like a, a drinks with some friends or something. And yeah. maybe they've kind of pointed out something about me that kind of maybe hit a bit too close to the core yeah and i felt quite um i guess i was unable to kind of joke along with it because normally i'd do the i'd be making the jokes about myself and you know holding that space and you know pointing the finger at myself but then when someone else did it i felt quite exposed and i I guess that comes i know that definitely at that point in time came across to other people like i was too serious about it that i wasn't yeah, yeah. able to take a joke and 
it, it was weird because normally I feel like I can take a joke, but I suppose when it's um, when it's coming from someone else, it can feel a little bit too too raw sometimes. If it's not as kind of what you're saying, if you're not the one kind of doing the yeah. the self deprecating, if someone yeah. else is doing it, then it feels it doesn't feel the same. That's what stood out for me about this walking example, like because everyone was like in hysterics and anyone like I think many many people would have taken that as like they're laughing at me and it wasn't like I found a very endearing and like um didn't lose any respect for or anything for like thinking a sheepy was something other than it was but like just the idea of what she thought it was like the image of it was just hilarious and that's why people were laughing and uh, and like she knew that but I think like many many other people would have especially, you know, if you've any history of bullying or anything, it would have hit that space of people are laughing at me. This feels humiliating. I want to kind of either crawl up or attack back like this. Yeah. I've been thinking about um, how in dating situations, you know, when you're on a date, it's maybe like the first one or the second one. And initially there might be this sort of, you're both trying to look good to each other and try and present quite well and yeah. not show off your flaws or not be like an idiot. Like you would feel really stupid if you maybe like spilt your drink on the first date or something. Right. And I guess some, something I was thinking about is how um, like the relief you feel when you both realize that you're both kind of a bit funny. You're both a bit stupid. You both got flaws. Like yeah. there's that as something I wrote from the the class was like that people want connection, yeah. not success. So people don't want this like that polished version of you that can come across in that first date with someone. Yeah. Often, like you know, serves a good initial purpose of you know presenting yourself well and making yourself open to being liked. But beyond that, it kind of ends yeah. quite quickly. Like right, yeah. people, people want to people want to know that you're like you're flawed and. Maybe, I don't know if I'm wording that right, but people want to know that, like, even if you're not perfect, like, you're aware of it and it's kind of funny at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, if, if someone's, like, a bit lazy, they know it, and they give a funny example of how they're lazy or yeah. they, like, sleep in too much, that's a bit more endearing yeah. compared to, like, if it's not presented that way, I suppose. But, yeah, I don't know if you've got any examples... Um, of that or any other situations in life where you've kind of met someone and you're both trying to be kind of perfect or present yourselves well, but mm. then like that, re- that relief you feel when you both kind of like drop your guard and realize that you're both a bit. Like, mm, it makes sense. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah. I think those are kind of the, I think that's, those are the two main points of the book. And I think they, they cycle hand in hand this like your own flaws are okay number one and number two that and other people have them too and that's okay and like yeah they feed back into each other and no matter who they are like you might um kind of recognize and be able to humanize most people but then a certain um whether it's dating or whether it's like a celebrity or like a boss at work like there's something where some categories where suddenly people seem to get this status where their view of us uh, is indicative of who we actually are. And if we get rejected by them, then, you know, we're worthless or something like that. Hmm. 
I'm curious if there's any, um, yeah, I guess any personal examples for you that this book brought up or something that maybe, maybe you learned and think you could apply in the future. Um, uh, nothing comes to mind like as you ask the question right now, but yeah, the idea of recognizing that like other people are just human as well and like have those flaws. It sounds so obvious, but, um, it just it resonates a lot. Like if you could really internalize that um, in any situation, you know, at interviews or um, mm. you know, dating, then it just, it sounds like I could get why that could be a core of confidence. This idea of sort of deifying people. Um, uh, okay. So I'll, I'll try to bring up things up. So when you're, when you travel around Southeast Asia and you were by yourself jumping around hostels, meeting people constantly and, you know, going and chatting to them and it sounds like you met people quite easily. Would you describe yourself as confident in those moments or was that you just kind of throwing yourself into it because you knew it'd be difficult and you knew you'd be okay? Is there a difference well, between those second, two? Or I was going to say, the, 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 def- the second yeah. one sounded like a definition of the first one, right? I guess confidence How would you describe it? as, uh, I mean, putting yourself out there is an act of trust in yourself. Hmm. So in that respect, you, you could say there's an angle at which confidence is just a decision. Like, do I take this leap of faith? in this moment, like, and that's a vote of confidence for yourself. Um, so like each time you, yeah, I don't know, introduce yourself to a group or, um, show someone something creative you've done. Like it's just a vote of confidence for yourself that I'm okay. Gets me Um, thinking of confidence as a, as a habit you could practice. Yeah. 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 But then there's something else we mean by it too, right? That like, it's more like a feeling of like, uh, not that just we put ourselves out there, even though we're intimidated and scared, but that we're not intimidated and scared in the first place. And that's confidence. But I think one kind of turns into the other. Okay. Interesting. So do you think people can, it sounds like you can have one without the other. So yeah, I guess what, what my, I think when we would casually use the word, what we would mean is that like, oh, that person seems to, do things that maybe the common person might find more fearful and through all appearances, it seems like they don't feel that fear and that's, that makes them confident whether internally, you know, it's a defense or they are feeling that fear is hard to say, but actually no, his, yeah. No, when, since now you've brought up that example, it does remind me of like uh, a conversation I had with my mum where I think I had told her that like, I had wanted to um, do that traveling on my own. Like one of the main reasons was because I didn't feel confident uh, in myself and I wanted to build that. And then, uh, and I guess similarly, when we used to like perform music and that, it, it wasn't that, it was more that 
I mean, it was scary. So it was like, I want to do it because I feel like it will be good for me. Like I, I like mm. the idea of facing things that are scary. And then I think when I maybe um, set for conversation later, said something about not feeling confident. I remember her saying like, oh, but you've done all these things like performing music and going traveling. Like surely you have to be confident to do that. And I was like, no, you don't get it. Like <laughs> I did that because I wasn't confident. Like I, yeah. I, I was trying to get across that like, that not being confident was the reason I wanted to do those things, not the other way around. Not that you have to be confident to do it. I guess it depends on your yeah. definition. For me, it makes me wonder just like whether, you know, that, like confidence isn't something that I'll ever fully kind of believe and integrate and just be without question. Like for me, confidence is something that I have to, I guess, consider before I take an action. Like, uh, so you might see someone else's confidence as just kind of natural and easygoing. Yeah. But for those people, I'd imagine that like it's something that's thought out that they've practiced over time, that they've, they've yeah. acquired a number of like, especially in regards to like, you know, social skills, um, manners, dealing with other people, um, working out what their goals and values are. For me, I, f I feel like that's more where the work is. And then, as you said, like in time, gradually, like it can come across as confident through your behaviors and actions. Yeah. But in terms of kind of a, I don't think you can be like naturally confident without the other one, without having like, you know, making decisions to do daring right. things or to, to right. push yourself or to act specifically in line with your values or practice the habit with it. I, I, I'm struggling to see a person who I see as confident, who hasn't considered those things. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I think, I think we can start off at different places and this um, attachment theory is what, what I'm thinking about in terms of this, where like, because you talked, what did you say earlier? You said something exploring. Um, there are oh, three, it's three like things you said that, Oh, the, the, this is something I wrote down. The internal yeah. drive to look good prevents me from being spontaneous, yeah. Yeah. experimenting and exploring. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that, that stood up for me as like when we've, um, so in infancy, we're completely dependent. We need that secure base, which, you know, trust in confidence in a caregiver that they will be there. And then with that platform, we can use that to explore and we, we can use it to like literally physically explore like our surroundings to like stick things in our mouth to, to um, mm. crawl around gardens and parks and eventually to, to run and to, you know, stay at friends' houses for the first time, all this sort of exploration. But it's also like internal exploration. If I'm too scared that I, my safety needs aren't going to be met or something's, there's some threat, then I'm not free to explore the other facets of who I am. And, um, but with that, secure base with that platform to explore from that gives us that confidence initially not in ourselves but confidence that someone's got my back and then we mm. internalize that and we call that an internal secure base and i guess that could be that confidence in the modern sense of the word like where someone seems confident yeah. so if you've got that bedrock of a start in life where you've had consistent um caregiving that's not you know, had that nice balance of providing solid roots, but also giving you the freedom to explore, mm. then 
I, that's going to be less of an uphill struggle to the path of adult confidence than, than if yeah. you haven't had that. Of course, yeah, especially if you're like in your early years that you were just not supported at all to kind of yeah it's a whole spectrum right yeah yeah whole spectrum of that and um something he mentions is that like the past is something we can we can learn from yeah but it's not it shouldn't be a, a limitation for us like we all start somewhere and we can all build our confidence so he, yeah, yeah i guess he talks he talks quite hopefully that you know it's the stories we have of old around confidence and our belief in ourselves and what it means to be okay and you know needing other people to approve us and things like yeah, that yeah. Like that, d- that doesn't have to define us that doesn't have to be our narrative like we have a choice we're able to change that we're able to um, yeah yeah reshape our narrative to one which embodies more of the ideas he's talking about about like it's okay to be a bit flawed other people are too yeah yeah um there's something he, he talked about around um he, he gave an example of the the ships that were going oh, yeah. through, through the storm. So he, there's this painting done back in like the 1800s, this um, Dutch ship going through the storm. And the picture looks like the ship's about to tip over and it's like fucked and it's about to like, like sink. Yeah. But his, his um, explanation is like resilience is a key part of confidence because what's happened is that boat has been, designed to go through those storms it's able yeah. to kind of tip, tip on like a 20 degree angle and still yeah. hold it together like people have over time been like determined and resilient to keep pushing through to keep creating conditions in which they can sail through a storm safely yeah. but we yeah. are we aren't the storm but we can sail our way through and it's quite yeah. a nice um nice way of thinking about and bringing like resilience into confidence and i suppose particularly in terms of um you know setbacks and um criticism being able to be resilient and you know take that on take any criticism you know on the on the chin but not take it so seriously that it defines you you find new ways of moving through that without kind of um letting that that define you i suppose yeah yeah yeah, so those ships were like, yeah, he said they, like you say, they were, they've been designed slowly over and perfected over time specifically to handle those storms and the training of the sailors has also been yeah. like perfected over time. And this was like the peak of, um, I guess, that that era where those mm. skills were at their, their highest. And yeah, I think he gave the example of like, you know, a seasoned sailor on the boat with like a new guy <laughs> and yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. the new guy's like throwing up and like scared for his life. <laughs> and, the, and he's like, Oh, this is nothing. Mate. <laughs> like, We've yeah. seen these before. We've yeah. seen these storms before. And it's, yeah, yeah. I guess that, that, that's interesting to think about, you know, <clears throat> what he says is that we, when we're facing a new situation that scares us, we're replaying yeah. the story of a past failure that's happened. So like, that new sailor is going off um, his knowledge and worry that like, ah, when ships are in storms, they sink. Whereas the older sailor is going, ah, we've done this loads of times before. Like we've nearly been sunk before. Maybe he has like been in a sunken ship before or something. Like we've, we've seen these miss, you know, we've seen these problems before, but it doesn't affect the next decision I'm going to make. And that's something that stood out for me is that, when I'm going into, you know, 
maybe ask a bold question or do something a bit more daring or something requires confidence, not allowing past failures or worries to affect that decision-making because even when things have gone badly in the past, I'm still here right now. I'm still able to make the next decision. It doesn't define me. It's not something that I need to um, be scared of. And then who knows, like something good could come of it as well. That's something I liked him saying. So, you know, like as much as we've got to be prepared to um, fail or look silly or look like idiots, there's a strong chance, like if you put yourself out there, that something good could come from it. And that's where the interesting parts of life lie yeah is in those moments when you're really pushing yourself and testing your confidence and testing yeah. yourself and even if it's not a strong chance like even if he's i think he said like you know even if it's one in 10 like you know you you put yourself out there 10 times and only one of them pays off it's it's worth it if the other nine aren't like tragically catastrophic and they're only tragically catastrophic if like you really care what the other person thinks like if it's not, you know, these things asking someone out or like applying for a job, the, the things we're on about in den- general day-to-day life, they're not the end of the world. Like, um, and so even, yeah, even those times where your return on investment isn't that high, it's still like, yeah. it's still worth it. Cause that's what life's about at the end of the day. Like, Oh, totally. Yeah. That's, it's made me think about is this isn't just for like the big decisions in life. It's yeah. for the, the smaller ones as well. I uh, laughed to myself today. It's um, as much as like I am English and I do love a queue. Like if someone accidentally jumps the queue, it does it. Oh, I find it really difficult to say something. And uh, I guess I read this, like reread this book this morning just to refresh myself on some of the ideas. And uh, someone like accidentally jumped the queue. And I, I was like, uh, here's a moment I can like test myself and just like, say what I think's right and oh, yeah. say what I think needs to be done. And I, I said it and it was just absolutely fine. And I felt really good. After <laughs> it, was, it was like, yeah. it, it was, it was a small assertion. Yeah. Whereas like, it would have been easy to have, um, you kind of not said anything and just sat there like, and, and tatted like I normally would. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, I guess it gets me thinking, you know, again, you know, with habits and with, um, with a lot of the other podcasts we've been doing, it's a lot about like choice points, you know, yeah. to, to choose confidence, to have yeah, yeah. confidence in confidence. And something he talks about is that some of us um, have grown up thinking that confidence isn't a good thing. Confidence is associated with being oh, yeah. like rude or having bad manners or being demanding. Yeah. Um, and he says like, we can often confuse confidence with brutishness. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's something that maybe I, have veered towards over the years is thinking that like to be confident involves being not an asshole, but like being yeah overly assertive to the point yeah. at which it's a bit rude. And that's, that's where it ties back into the podcast we did last week about yeah. um, self-assertion in, yeah. um, in regards to self-esteem. And I think um, something, uh, something else is that in response to that, seeing, not having trust in confidence, I've gone more towards being a bit more attached to modesty and calmness. Like I see it as more of a value to be, you know, calm and not say anything in those moments and kind of recline and not move forward, but to, you know, 
sit mm. back on those things. Example, like in the cure, like with um, asserting my needs and wants. And that bit stood out to me as well that, you know, we have to have confidence that confidence is a useful skill because it's our way of showing the world what we want, what our values are, and it's our way of asserting ourselves. Yeah. Whereas if we have the opposite, we're, we're, we're choosing not to show the world what we want. And yeah. in today's society, people need to see who we are and what we want and what our needs are. If we can't yeah. do that, then we'll probably be worse off. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talk, touched on something similar last week, but yeah, that's, I definitely, I don't, I don't think I've, I've like learned this association, but yeah, I've definitely come across it before where like, Oh, if I'm, you know, if I assert myself, if I put myself out there, if I'm too confident, like it's, aggressive or um arrogant or narcissistic or self-absorbed or something like that or selfish and it's like i like the way he puts it it was yeah you can be confident and be quiet and kind and softly spoken like there's there's nothing mm. incompatible about that at all um no if no. confidence means like acceptance of who you are and um recognition that everyone else is human too and they're not sort of better or worse than you just because they've got a, a car or social status then like that's confidence and um if you're sort of introverted and softly spoken and kind like that, that's completely compatible with that perspective it's like what you said last week around you can you can assert your needs and you could just be like, oh, I'm feeling a bit lonely right now. Can I have a hug? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't have to be demanding what you want. So, yeah, that's, that's the chat. Making a, yeah, yeah, there's a diff massive difference between requests and demands. And a genuine request is, um, is this comes from nonviolent communication, but like a genuine request is said and meant only if the other person wants to give it to you as a gift. Whereas a demand is that like, you know, you have an obligation to do this for me and I, my feelings will be hurt if you don't kind of thing. Something that um, hit me in the face during the, uh, the lesson we did, um, the little mini class I did was oh, yeah. the, the guy at the front said, I guess he looked, there was a, a few of us who were kind of similar age and he goes like, it's interesting to think that you are now that, age that your parents had you yeah. and I never thought about that before because I must have been what 26 at the time or something yeah and, yeah anyway, I get, and he talks about how we look up to people growing up as they've got their yeah. shit together they know what's going on they're organized they they're totally in control of their life and um even as I speak this I'm looking at the wall of a picture of my grandpa um, yeah playing playing rugby back in the 1950s and I reckon he would have been about like 26 to 28 yeah. during then. And that's, I, I don't know why, but it's hit me so hard thinking that like, what if I was to like have a kid now? Like, would I know all the answers? Have I got my life together? Am yeah, I, yeah. is everything the way I want it to be? Do I know everything that I need to know about parenting or life? Am I totally set in my job? Is, am I in the best health? And all these big questions. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. We, we look up to our parents. Some people might look up to their parents that they've got all the answers. Well, well guess, as an infant, you have to, because it's your source yeah. of security, but it's a, yeah. um, it's a developmental stage to be grown out from 
and mm. um, we can definitely uh, retract back into deifying parents and any authorities. I think he talks about it in general, like the system, governments, um, like every, all these big institutions, like Google, Apple, like the state, the NHS, they're all just run by fallible humans. <laughs> like yeah, there's, yeah. Th- there's no, uh, as Nathaniel Brandon put it, no one's coming. <laughs> like no one's yeah, coming yeah. to save you. Like we're all just like, it's maybe it's maybe it's a sort of existential dread thing to accept this, but it's like we're all just dodgy characters like trying to yeah. make our way and we've we've pulled some systems together and we're scraping through, but like yeah, the the people who built all the buildings around us and all the systems are in place, they're they're just humans like us as well. It's just um and that's that bit of childhood where we have to see our parents as gods to feel safe in the world we can yeah we can project that everywhere all the time if we're not too careful yeah. mm. what do you think about the chapter on um death and confidence the way i see that is around basically him saying that you don't live forever so your decisions aren't as significant as you think they are and you might as well go for an exciting life and make more confident mm. decisions rather than backing away. That's pretty much how I see it in short. I don't know. That's yeah, yeah. No, actually, yeah. this that chapter resonated with me a lot. I think I feel like I've used that a lot in my life. Um, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, you start learning about... Um, stoicism like reading marcus aurelius's meditations all about like well we're gonna die and then like learning about (laughs) physics the physics and like i guess you cut you can get this idea that like well as long as i make something of my life at least i can like leave something behind or pass something on and then i learn like well in five billion years like the heat death of the solar system is going to wipe any memories of any of us out anyway it's like ah i guess it <laughs> I guess, even your legacy will yeah, be gone yeah. exactly <laughs> even my legacy will be gone and um i guess i guess a reminder in here is to bring back in what we spoke about around like the remembering self versus the experiencing self i right. think this bit really plays into the remembering self whereas when life starts to feel short it's not a uh, it's not a call for like hedonism and just like do everything that just feels good now and is destructive, but it's a call to know that there will be a point in which you're old and you will look back um, and see, you know, did I make bold decisions? Did I live an exciting life? Did I, was I confident to ask for what I wanted? And then eventually to the extent in which like, you'll actually be like, dead at one point so make the most of those in the moment as well that you're doing like what felt important to you and you're able to like assert your needs yeah 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 um, and um i think i find that very helpful as like a perspective shift it's like you know <laughs> you're nervous about doing something i don't know like um i guess my most recent biggest anxiety was um lecturing at a university for the first time and yeah, just like things like that, like, yeah, it just doesn't 
it doesn't really matter if you fuck up ultimately um, because we're flawed and, you know, it's okay to make mistakes on one end, but on the other, like it ultimately just doesn't matter. <laughs> like just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they'll forget about it the next day. So, and like, you'll be dead. So it's fine. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Very inspiring. Um, I guess that. <laughs> no, I want to. I want to hammer this home. It is a, nihilism. Yeah, true, I've always yeah. been inspired by nihilism, and I know it. It comes with um, a what's the word connotation or stereotype of like being depressed and um, everything's meaningless. Therefore, just don't Why do, do anything. anything. Yeah, don't yeah, pursue yeah. meaning. And I think that's an excuse. I think you can take nihilism and throw the exact opposite end of the spectrum it's like well nothing ultimately matters so make the most out of it while you're here and yeah. <laughs> don't don't not ask someone out because you feel a bit nervous because like you know what's the point in that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's um i'll have to uh send you a link to this um <laughs> i'm reading one day and there's this guy who's created this wall chart yeah. that you put on your wall and it's like the amount of days like you've lived and you like cross off a day <laughs> and it's like, it's like those it's like those videos where people go like if your life is 400 m&ms you'll spend 50 m&ms in the car and you'll spend 20 <laughs> m&ms on the toilet and you'll spend 30 m&ms asleep yeah and then yeah. like you'll spend 70 m&ms like at work and i guess it, it does it does get you thinking about like how you use your time and you, you can respond to the um I guess the topic of death and your pending eventual death as something that's either inspiring or incredibly depressing. So I guess he talks about in this book is just hold it, hold it lightly. Don't go to the point of um, what you said, like nihilism where like nothing matters, who gives a fuck, like whatever. Use it as a, a gentle inspiration to remind you that not everything Mm. will last forever yeah. The people you love will eventually go. The the job you have right now, you will move on to another one to make the most of it. It's it's something I, I found quite inspiring, although it does require you to confront your temporary existence and those that you love as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is equally, well, I guess it depends how you take it, but it's um, it, it inspired me to remind me yeah. that like things won't last forever. So yeah, yeah. I think that's probably why I make a lot of decisions I do based on the fact that, well, you know, if it doesn't work out. That's fine. At least I tried. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it does, does remind me of that um, quote in Derek, um, yeah. you know, the homeless character who lives in the, lives in the old people's home and he's okay. not really supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, what a character. And he basically says, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a failure because I, I didn't like succeed in life or I didn't yeah, become yeah. a you know make a lot of money or do anything. He said I'm a failure because I didn't try. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that made me very emotional. So mm. ever since then, I guess it it's been a bit more cemented in my mind. It's like bloody good acting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so um, yeah, yeah. It's it's so hard and frustrating when you know like you've not acted in your confidence or like you have let something you you've you've not approached your fear and you've like not done something because of that in the moment fear of like other mm. you know rejection or someone um uh 
having a bad opinion of you or looking like a fool in public yeah. and then recognizing later like oh it just didn't matter <laughs> like that's yeah. yeah and then on the flip side that feeling of um you know when you have done something you were like fuck that was scary but i still went and did it. you know yeah, when it's yeah. like going and asking for a girl's number or like you know going for that job interview and or talking to that person at, at work or whatever it is it could be yeah thousands of things but like that fit there's something that i feel personally when i've done something like I guess I keep using the word bold. I'll, I'll keep using it. But when I've done something bold, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm giving it a go. Like I'm throwing myself in. Yeah, I'm yeah. Throwing, you know, putting myself in the arena. So, And sometimes um, that can just be like making eye contact and smiling at strangers, you know. It doesn't – Yeah. It, it can be those – It doesn't have to be a bit, yeah. Yeah, just those little day-to-day habits, I guess, where um, – you shy away from putting yourself out there and whatever mechanism. I think that's what I'd um, like to, to finish on is by saying that this is something I'm going to now take as a, a habit to be developed. I'm going to take the principles of um, atomic habits. Yeah. That we did a couple of weeks ago and, you know, cast votes for myself as the sort of person who is confident and does, you know, communicate in that way and who, who is able to, you know, accept my flaws and understand that other people have theirs and not putting their opinions too highly in regards to my well-being. That's my main, probably my main takeaway from this, that this is something that I need to practice and yeah. take into account the, um, I guess, the, the ideas in the book. That's, um, I think it's yeah. also uh, hard to... There's a big difference between what we, uh, like knowing how and knowing what or knowing why. And know-how is like how to ride a bike and knowing what would be like understanding the physics of how riding bikes works, like reading the books on it. You, You could have one or the other or both or neither. But I guess these kinds of discussions in, and, and reading is, is the more like knowing what, and um, just because we know this principle, let's say, like, oh, I can clearly see the logic in um, the cost to my well-being to put the hands of my worth in the potential opinions or not and judgments of other people. Like, like I don't even know if they're capable of critical thought. So, like, the idea mm. of letting their opinion... Um, count for my self-worth is obviously ridiculous we can know that logically but like to feel that and like it's almost it can be even more frustrating when you know it logically and then still feel a bit ashamed when yeah, like someone yeah, snubs yeah. you because it's like well i know i should know better but it's it's um that's why these things like a practice and a constant like um awareness and putting yourself out there because the yeah you can't learn how to ride a bike from reading a book yeah that's something i've found has been a real benefit of doing these podcasts is that it's it's getting me to think about how i can really apply this in my life and on a day-to-day basis whereas like when i'm when i'm churning through you know books on philosophy psychology and self-help i often feel i kind of get to the end of the book then i move on to the next one i'm like am i actually implementing this so it's really nice to hear um I guess throughout this examples of when you've applied it to your life. And I think particularly in doing that podcast on habits, that's really 
set a bit of a foundation to um, other parts of this way. You know, if I'm trying to change my behavior or start something new, it, it, it starts with the small habits along the way. And the way mm. to build those is through, um, yeah, casting votes for yourself. So I'm, I'm keen to practice, you know, practice confidence and build that skill and mm. work on those micro skills as well, particularly with, you know, eye contact and clear communication, and making sure I'm asserting my values and, you know, understanding that I don't need to be perfect and no one else yeah. is here. So, yeah, vulnerability, big. I think, is the biggest one because all, all the others can be uh, accidentally pursued for the wrong drive, for, well, for the drive of other people seeing you in a certain light. Mm. Whereas, like, true vulnerability of your uncomfortable emotions and situations is kind of the hallmark of of real confidence. That's what I've taken from this. Like to say I'm scared or or to say I'm embarrassed or I'm ashamed or like I feel hurt. Like that's moments where that happens seems like different from like going to a party and being the life and soul of jokes, you know? Yeah. Which is what we initially think of confidence or just bravado. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you, mate. I've uh, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, nice to go on uh, a book that's a little, um, little bit lighter on, and something that I uh, had already explored a little bit in depth through uh, a class. And I'm, yeah, I'm glad you you mm. got into it and got something from it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice to uh, learn a little something before my imminent demise. <laughs> Oh, that's it. That's it. Not, not, you need to get one of those wall charts and start ticking them off. <laughs> work, out how long, work out how long you've got left, mate. Um, yeah, I'd have well, to work out how long I'm going to live first, I guess. Or maybe they average yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. I think it goes up to like 80 or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah round, it, round it down. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So the next one we're talking about next week is going to be The Chimp Paradox by is it Dr. Russell Peters. Right? Don't remember, mate. There we go. That's what we're doing <laughs> next week. So, anyone else have a, li- a little read up on that or um, familiarize with a couple of the ideas? We'll be speaking about how that's impacted us and some of the key ideas that excited us. So, thanks again, mate. Enjoying these. Yeah. Wicked. See you then.